Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. We are continuing our conversation from last week with Robert Altas about his new book, Love and Truth. Here's the thing. I think once you fundamentally connect with this, not this idea, but this knowing that you recognize, like, I am actually divinity expressed into form. And this means if I'm this, everybody else is too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And now everything is sacred. Well, that's a big start, right? Because if everything is sacred, how would you treat something that's sacred? So that person you might have mean thoughts about, mm -hmm. you can now switch it and say, ah, okay, they're not showing up in the most beautiful way, but they're still sacred because I know inside them, they don't, they don't realize it, but they are divine too. They just haven't realized it. They haven't seen it. And so you have this, this picture of uh, Michelangelo on the 16th chapel. You know, it's very famous with the two fingers that almost connect. Yeah, it's God yeah. in a bubble, and they say it's Adam on the other side. That's actually not Adam. That is actually Lucifer, but not Lucifer in the way that the church has taken that story online. Lucifer was a prince. He was actually a grand regent prince, like almost like a Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he lost his connection with God, with divinity, and then he ventured off into darkness. Now, what that picture is showing, if you reconnect that little finger of divinity, that's a reconnection in your heart, the realization like, hey, I'm actually divine, everything is divine, everything is sacred. Now, when you reconnect that, your life will change in radical ways, because you will never look at the world the same way. You will never be able to look at any war and say that's justifiable. You will never be able to look at any violence, hate, any of those things, not in yourself, but let alone in the world. It just makes no sense anymore. You look at the It doesn't make sense and it's hard to look at. It's hard it's to Yeah, and that's and that's why we look away. Yeah. But let me ask you before you said about free will, we all have free will. But when you look back to what happened in your life, when you crashed, what I call the great crash, <laughs> let me, that let wasn't me really that. free will there. You wouldn't have chosen it. No, let me, let, let me, let me caveat know. that. So we do have all free okay. will. Mm -hmm. But at low levels of consciousness, you are really akin to sleepwalking. You are in a trance because it's really right. your subconscious programming that is informing your ego, and that's what you're expressing into the world. At those levels of consciousness, your free will is next to nothing. Because you don't have the consciousness to make a decision. You're just running the programming that's, that the world told you to be a certain way and think a certain way, and you're, you know, you've know you taken it all for truth, and you're just expressing that into the world, never giving it a second thought. You're sleepwalking, literally. This is why we call it awakening. Because you're, what are you awakening to? You're awakening to a higher self that previously was hidden from view. 
Yeah. And now that higher self, call it your soul, has a higher knowing. And now that higher knowing is starting to be accessible to you. This is the intelligence of the heart because it whispers to us. It whispers to us through feeling, sensing, intuiting, and direct knowing. And we do, even when we sleepwalk, we might have a a precognition. Well, that's actually your soul giving you a precognition because your rational mind didn't come up with that. Mm -hmm. Right? So that apparatus is all there. But it's your job to go activate that part of you. And that comes through this connection, this realization, this internalization. Like, hey, I'm actually much bigger than this little ego I got in my mind. I'm actually not physically my body. I have a body. I have a mind. I am that which is aware of the thinking. So now when I'm aware of the thinking, I can see my own beliefs. Because there are certain ways I think about life. And that's how I walk through life. Now, this is, for instance, why poverty consciousness is very, very hard to solve in the in the way we do it in the material world. Because if you're, you know, let's not project it in the U.S. Let's say, you know, you're a poor little kid and you're born in the in the, in, in the barrios in, in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Atrocious circumstances. Ever, you know, at three, four years old, you become an orphan. You just have to fend for yourself. You know, there's violence everywhere. There's killings. You know, some of these kids get kidnapped. They have to steal, you know, to feed themselves. Well, imagine that that is, to you, that's what the world is like. You don't know anything else. Now, you think that person, I mean, they can still evolve beyond that, but that person is going to express those beliefs into the world. So guess what? To them, the world is unfair. You know, for people like that, this is all they can do. You know, there's no way out. Everybody is oppressing me. You know, mm-hmm. and actually, in reality, in, in, in terms of level of consciousness, it's not true. Now, how do we know that's not true? Well, you can take examples. Because we have plenty of examples of people that escaped their circumstances they were born into. Now, those people awoke something and they rose above their circumstances and were able to basically airlift themselves out of it because they in some way created a belief system that they could yeah because anytime you don't believe you can do something you can't like henry ford said if you think you can or you think you can't you're right if you don't believe there are times where it's just luck you know, let's say an American's walking through a barrio, sees a, a four-year-old on their own, and decides to take him home. I mean, <laughs> I mean that well, child didn't change its thought pattern. It just, this happened, you know, and the world changed around him. You know, so it wasn't yeah. his at all. It was an outside. In reality, yeah. it's the same outside that crashed your life. You know that? No, I created every single part of it. Because the moment, the moment you say it was anything outside of you, you abdicated all your power. Mm-hmm. So even when you're not consciously aware how or why that was created or brought into your life, you can still own it. So I'm in, I'm and in that a, is in, your soul creating that circumstance. Because that, 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 as tragic as it is, that young little mm-hmm. boy that has that experience, that was a in his lesson plan. 
because everything right. is everything is always in perfect order and everything there's a there's an intelligence to design a life and so even tragic things like people dying in wars innocent people dying being robbed all those mm -hmm. things like we can see it we can see that as that happened to me or we can mm -hmm. see it that that happened for me now that doesn't make it any that it's good. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying like, you know, uh, any of that stuff because the offenders are responsible for their karmic debt. So, you know, we have this movie sound of freedom, right? And, you know, I want to say that again, you kind of, uh, oh, there, there, there's this movie recently that came out, the sound of freedom, which is about human trafficking, especially mm -hmm. kid trafficking. And, you know, it's shown there that, you know, Demand it creates supply, right? And so when you think about human trafficking, kid trafficking, well, why does that exist? Well, because there's demand for it. And so really where the origin, where the causes of that is in the demand, it's not in the supply. Because if nobody wanted young little kids and these perverts didn't you know, abuse these kids, there wouldn't be any supply. So right. think, about, think, think about cocaine. Right. You got all these. I was thinking fentanyl. Yeah. 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 But but for instance, you know, I was in New York in business school and this was in uh, whatever. Oh, in 2000, you know, we were partying at night. And of course, you know, I was in New York and, you know, um, I would snort a line here or there. Now, I wasn't aware at that moment. Just I didn't think much about it. Yeah. But when you snort a line in New York. You have the blood in the in the street in Mexico's in your nose. Because that wouldn't exist unless you were you as the demand create right. that. Right. Now, here's the thing. As long as you're unconscious, you're actually innocent. But the moment it becomes conscious, the moment you know that, now you're responsible. And so for Are me, you ever unconscious on a higher level, though, you no, may mentally level, be but, unconscious, but, I, but yeah, yeah but I, I, I'm, I'm talking about so, um, you know, I'm now much more conscious about a lot more things. So I have a lot more responsibility today than I did 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. <laughs> Think yeah. about a toddler having a, uh, you know, a, a tantrum. That toddler is innocent, right? They don't know they're doing it. It's just like, you know, maybe it was a shooter spike or maybe whatever. Now, right. that same toddler at 15 years old and they throw the same tantrum, you're like, uh-uh, that's not innocence anymore. You know, you know better than that. So now you're yeah. responsible. And mm -hmm. so everything, when we rise in consciousness, we think about all these lofty things and, you know, we're going to be like uh, floating around the water and stuff. No, you're going to be more responsible, more accountable, because you know more, you know better. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I'll give you another example. I had, um, you know, I had someone a few months ago that uh, I had an a agreement with, they were going to do some services for me and they, uh, they didn't perform. And so, yeah, I called them and I say, Hey, you know, this, you haven't performed. And so I want a refund or I want like, and um, the, the first reaction of this person was, is basically, uh, go, go F yourself. Yeah. Now, I still have that human in me 
that would react and say, well, mm -hmm. nobody tells me to go F myself. I'm in my right. You know, I'll sue you. I'll whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> I still you, got yeah. that look. <laughs> and, and, you know, you should have told that to me 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I would have made it. I would have made it a point to destroy you because nobody mm -hmm. talks to me like that. Right. You get that kind of stuff. That's ego. Right. Right. But now I know like, ah, OK, this person doesn't quite see it. What would love do? Well, love would actually call back and say, listen, what, where is this coming from? What is the problem for you? And I had a conversation with this person. And you know what the problem was? He didn't have the money for the refund. Mm. It wasn't that he wasn't willing to do it. It wasn't that he wasn't seeing that he should refund me. He, right. he didn't have it. And so he responded from fear, like, go fuck yourself, like, you know. And right, then I, right. I, I, told this, I told this person, I but, said, like. But here's the thing. Why did he not perform then? Was he not capable? Well, you know, Why he had things he show up in his life. He took on too much business. It doesn't. It, it's kind of irrelevant, okay. right? Yeah. And so then, then I got in a conversation with him, and I said, "Okay, how can we solve this?" Right? Because it would be much better if we solved it rather than fight mm -hmm. over it or sue you right. or whatever, right? Right. And then we worked out an agreement, and and you know, some kind of thing. Now, if I would have gone into my ego, we would have had World War Three. Now, this mm -hmm. is what you see everywhere in the world. I'll sue you. I'll do this. I'll... I mean, right. people think they're so evolved and they get caught off in on the highway and they're livid for two hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see the stupidity of that? Because that person doesn't even know you're angry. And you're yeah. spewing and, and, and doing, and then you take that into the office and you're being a an asshole or a bitch to people in your office and you carry it into the uh, t telephone conversation and you're trying to sell something right. that you really it's like views everywhere. Yeah. You're, 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 you're gruff and all that. And now you're actually hurting yourself. Uh -huh. Cause now you're, now you're, you're, you know, your wife or your, or your, your husband calls and you're being mean to them and then you hurt them because you got cut off in traffic. That's your, mm. right. Right. And you can also just like, eh, no one died. I guess they were in a hurry. Who knows? And guess what? Maybe in that car, there was some guy with his pregnant wife trying to rush to the hospital. Now how that does this? I, I actually had a road, not a road rage, but, you know, where everybody in the car, everybody right. in the car, and there had to be six people, turned and gave me the finger. And the weird thing is, I had no idea why. No idea. Obviously, right. I did something, right. <laughs> but I yeah. had no idea what it was I did, you know, or what it was about. But you know so, that they went on yeah. with that anger, and I had no clue. And so we become responsible and accountable for all our actions, right? Hmm. The more, the higher, if you want to ascend, if you want to rise in consciousness, it's about really owning your power. Because you, we all have immutable power because everything we say, do, and act just projects into the world. Mm -hmm. And it in fact, you know, and the whole world, all of creation is a co-created reality. And every single of every single moment of every single breath we take, we are adding to that mosaic. And every it frequency is very of, hard and, to to 
be aware of every breath you take. As I'm not human, asking you to we, be aware of every react, breath you take. You know, so I'm, much. I'm just saying the more we can be aware that every frequency lives forever. If you go far enough in the mm-hmm. universe, you can you can basically catch up with the I Love Lucy show transmissions. Because that's a frequency too. That lives somewhere, right. I mean, a hundred light years from here, right? So mm-hmm. you, you got to imagine that everything you do matters. Everything is a manifestation. You're a manifesta- manifesting 24-7, 365. Where your consciousness is, where your belief systems are, what you believe is being presented to you as a mirror in your outside world. So it comes down to that second before response. It really comes down to that because our well, automatic I, response of anger or of right. upset or of hurt or whatever, that's such a human thing. And we are in a human body. Yeah. And yeah, I, I tend to think emotion is in the body. No, and, well, and, it, it's emotion is its own energy field because we have a physical right. form, which is our body, right? And then we have yeah, an emotional yeah. plane, a mental plane, and a spiritual plane. But we can cultivate higher levels of awareness. So when angry comes up, you know, and actually our language is very, um, very poor in this regard because we say, I am angry. That's mm-hmm. actually not true. I'm experiencing anger. Because I am angry is I am the anger. But the anger mm-hmm. is actually passing through us. Because I see. right after we're angry, now our mother calls us. And says, you know, I know you've been having a hard time. I bought you a car. Now we're like, oh, I love life. You know, I'm so happy. I got like a break <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, now, is, yeah. now joy is running through me. Mm-hmm. Emotions are flow. We are not that. The emotions are running through us. And what do the emotions do? They teach us. And so when the emotion is bad, we can look at it and say, why am I feeling this? What in my outside world or in my inside thoughts is if I think poorly about myself, I think, uh, you know, if I wake up in the morning and tell myself, oh, God, you're so ugly and you got a pimple there and you're, you're, you're a rotten human being and you're such a lousy and you're such an underperformer. And you know, when you say that love enough, you're going to feel depressed. Right. Is right? emotion and ego the same thing or not? No, so so ego is is a uh, psychological construct of our mind. It's a personality created by our, our mind. Our minds are thoughts, and the way it works is basically our ego, through the subconscious, has a belief system that it cultivated, it built over life. It's understanding of life, and then mm-hmm. it it looks at the world and it and it kind of verifies that with my understanding of life. So when you and I have the exact same, we're in the exact same situation, it will mean something different to me than for you. Because you have had a different life than me. Yeah, and a different personality. And maybe it affects you greatly, and I don't even notice. Mm -hmm. Right? And so this is our belief system. Now, our belief, our prevailing belief system is what we, our opinions, our views about life, how the world works, how you know, what, what, what is available to me? That's a big belief system about life. Like when we say that's not possible for people like me, well, you just put a glass ceiling on your life. Because you basically told the universe, like 
That is mm. not available to me. And the universe will show you that in all kinds of ways. Now, this belief system produces our thoughts, about 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. When those thoughts are positive, encouraging, empowering, they stimulate us and motivate us to do great things. And our emotions will respond to that as feeling great. The good feelings, joy, happiness, inspiration, motivation, all that stuff. And now our emotions are the fuel that drive us forward in life. Right? So the emotions are basically a reaction to our thoughts, which is a reaction to what's happening around us based on our belief system. Now, these emotions will drive you to action or inactions, and those actions will produce results that will reinforce your belief system. If you want to change anything in your life, you got to change your belief system. Now, emotions are really just here to show us. They're like indicators. You could say like, you know, red, um, amber, and green. So when we have positive emotions, we feel good, right? That's for us because it resonates with us. Now, if you have like an amber light pop up, and this could be something as simple as, you know, you get a job offer and you're just not really sure about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of, and your mind might be telling, well, I really need the paycheck. But something in your gut is telling you, oh, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. Something's know, not, not for me. sitting right. Yeah, something's That's your not soul whispering right. to you. Yeah. Now, there's also things where it's just a big old red light, right? Mm-hmm. And that is your emotion, your soul, your higher knowing signaling to you that is definitely not for you. It's actually dangerous for you. Now, mm-hmm. we have all kinds of situations where if we really listen to these whispers and we go back in our life, we can actually try. Yeah, actually, I didn't feel so good about that. And yeah, I wasn't, you know, I, I met that person and I started dating him, but I really, I really just didn't have, never really had a good feeling about it. And then later it turns out, you know, they are abusive, they're emotionally abusive, verbally, whatever. And mm-hmm. then you have this hardship, this breakup and your heart is broken and you're like, man, but I kind of always knew. When I met yeah. him, I didn't really feel right, but I was so lonely and I thought like, this is the best I can get. So I just, you know whatever, right? And we go against actually that that GPS inside of us. And so your emotions, your range of emotions is really your GPS. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's guiding us all the time. How do we keep it clean though? And and, and we're in touch. You know, how do we keep it that So so here's the thing. Your body will never lie. Like, Mm -hmm. your mind will lie all the time. It will tell you all kinds of stories. But your body will actually never lie. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a knot in your stomach about anything in life, then I would tell you, first of all, pause. And just bring your awareness. What is this trying to tell me? Is it trying to tell you something? What am I not seeing? And you start asking these questions. And your awareness will guide you to that question. Like, you know, why am I feeling I'm not in my stomach? When maybe I should be happy. I mean, my mind thinks I should be happy, but I feel this not. Yeah. Now, if I look at my prior career, right, my mind was telling me to go forward, go get these trophies, make the money, this and that. 
but I had all kinds of stuff in my gut, man. It was, oh, I knew mm. I wasn't doing the right things. I knew deep down inside, this wasn't kosher. This wasn't like, you know, so I ignored the signals. And what happens when you ignore the signals? You get sick. Mm -hmm. You get physically sick. You get mentally sick. It's called depression or, you know, whatever. Um, emotionally, you feel like a wreck. And then, you know, maybe you prop yourself up. You just push it away. So you start numbing yourself. You start drinking, gambling, binge watching, uh, drugs, you know. I was going to say cocaine. <laughs> sex. Yeah born uh, the bogery you buy a second and a third house if you can afford it you buy another dress you don't need you buy jewelry you don't i mean you're just numbing mm -hmm. yourself because yeah. really if you're honest with yourself you're like man I, I just don't this doesn't feel good this is how people stay in marriages they shouldn't stay in relationships stay in jobs they shouldn't because something inside of them you know, you're slowly killing yourself Because actually, what all of that is telling you, there's a much grander, more beautiful life available to you. You're in the wrong timeline. So how long are you going to stay in this timeline? Now, why are you staying in the job, in the marriage, and all these things? Is usually fear. Oh, what if, mm -hmm. I, what if I leave this person? Will I ever? And what if I have to divorce? And what if I have to pay all this alimony? Or what if I lose my my or my dental benefits, or what if I lose my paycheck and I, I can't find another job? But really, fear is heart, at the base of so many things. In my heart, I know really what I want to do is I want to start my own little, you know, uh, you know, I want to paint, or I want to start a shop, or I want to really be online and do a YouTube channel. But you know, I feel that's not available to me. And then you know, you're, you're kind of slugging through life, and you're all that emotion is just telling you, right, that you're on the wrong timeline. And I can promise you from personal experience that if you have an intrinsically motivated dream, a desire inside of you, no matter what it is, if it's intrinsically motivated, meaning it's truly, it's not given to you by the world telling you what you should be or what you should do or what your parents told you you should be or what your husband or wife tells you what you should be or what your friends want you to be. No, what you truly want to express into the world. Now, that's a little seed, and I'll tell you actually something. That is not your dream or desire. God, creator, spirit, monad, Yahweh, infinite intelligence, universal mind, I don't care what you call it. It wants to live that through you. Now, what can we know from that? You, you are the entire universe in one little form, and that little authentically, intrinsically motivated dream, that things that always excite you that you really want to do, that you're too scared to do. Well, you know, by definition, I can tell you from experience that this universe is not cruel. So you will, if you have that dream or desire and it's intrinsically motivated, you will have all the gifts, talents, superpowers, and resources accessible to you to make that seed sprout. And when it sprouts, it will grow into a, and flower and blossom. And then when it continues it will bear fruit that you get to harvest as an experience that you bring in the creation and something wants to live that through you that's why that's in your heart now this is the thing though you do need to go on this journey of gaining mastery and whatever it is you have to persevere it 
You have to show some grit. You have to show maybe some discipline. You have to do some sacrifices in that some of the things in your life might have to be sacrificed for a little bit. Maybe you can't get a new car. Maybe you have to drive your car another two years. Maybe that big house has to wait a few years. Whatever it is, right? Maybe you have to go to night school. Maybe you have to get a certification. Maybe you have to, whatever it is. Maybe you have to heal your heart so it can open up for new love you want to bring in. Yeah, these things that we have to do in the human material world, we have to gain mastery. You're not going to get it by sitting on the couch, meditating six hours a day and, and visualizing it. That isn't going to move the big wheels of the universe. You need to move your little wheels. Now, when you move those little wheels that are under your control, the things you can actually do day to day, the universe is going to move the big wheels. And now what happens? Suddenly, the people you really need to meet, the lucky breaks, the coincidences, the serendipities, all this shit that you couldn't possibly fathom how it works, it all starts showing up. Mm -hmm. and, what, and what triggered that? You started moving in this direction by really committing, I am going to create my most beautiful life. And I believe I'm here to experience that because I'm actually just not me. I am the whole goddamn universe wanting to live through me, wanting to have this experience. And my job is to actually guide myself there and to take the steps that I need to take and to take the courses, certifications, qualifications, go out and network with people I have to put myself out there, whatever it is your dream is or what that is. It could be just like, I want to find the love of my life. Well, mm -hmm. if you want to find the love of your life, guess what? Start by healing your heart, right? Forgive all your prior lovers or husbands or wives that left you or, or harmed you and say, okay, I'm going to clean all that up. So I'm open that I can receive. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I need to go out there. I need to go meet people. I need to go mingle. And I'm not going to have an expectation if it comes in tomorrow or next week, whatever. I'm not going to worry about that. All I need to do is start showing up. And guess what? I have this dream person I want to call in, right? I have this person in my mind. That will be like, that will make me so happy. Well, ask yourself, what would that person be attracted to? What do I need to become? in terms of how do I need to involve myself? While, I, while I'm waiting for that person to walk into my movie, I'm going to work on myself so I am a vibrational match for that person, that higher caliber person that I see for myself. And this beautiful relationship I want to create, totally different from everything I've experienced in my life so far. So now I need let me, to... Let me oh, play yeah. devil's advocate here a second. What sure. happens if your passion doesn't match your talent. I mean, I know, I know someone that's, whose I can their passion no, is, is I singing. I mean, they, they just, I think they've had many past lives as singers. Now they can't carry a tune. They have a terrible voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you so know listen, when we the passion this... doesn't match the all right, talent. But, 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 <laughs> you know, well, two things, right? First of all, not everything needs to be your job. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people yeah. that are amateur athletes. They're never going to win Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or, uh, right. you know, whatever. But you can still enjoy playing tennis. But you don't will, need the, to be will the universe support it? 
you know, in well, the same way. It, 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 but it's, 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 it's what you attach to it. I mean, I know lots of people because I used to be a professional tennis player. I know lots of people that I coach, you know, and they were never going to really go anywhere, but they love playing tennis. They go out on Sunday with their buddies, they hang out, they play tennis. It's amateur tennis. It's not Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic playing tennis, but, you know, they're enjoying it. What's wrong with enjoying it? Now, for them to have an aspiration, because I liked playing tennis on Sunday, now I want to be paid millions uh, at Wimbledon. Yeah, well, now you're... But, but if it's a passion, it's just something you enjoy doing, you can go sing right. in your own home. Right. Why do you need mm-hmm. to be on a stage with people that pay you for it? Right. That might not be, but that is of the ego. Because the ego wants to be on stage and the spotlights mm-hmm. and make millions and be famous. That's not your passion for something, because if you really truly have a passion for anything, you'll do it for free. You do it because you enjoy it. Not because someone pays you for it or someone applauds you for it. That's not a true passion. Mm. That's all ego. Ego wants to be famous and rich. And, and how do you separate that out? The ego and the, the real Well, uh, if your friend loves to friend loves to sing, right? What yeah. nothing stops her from from at nothing. home singing her heart out. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> buy, buy, yeah. a, buy a little, uh, you know, what do you call it? A karaoke machine. Karaoke, right? yeah. So, so you have your own <laughs> microphone and go have fun with yourself. Now, mm-hmm. if it's really, truly your passion, you you would not care if you were doing that by yourself or you filled MetLife Stadium with, with 80,000 people. You, you would not, if it was a true passion. Mm-hmm. Now, if your ideology of your ego is, you know, I want to be the next Madonna or uh, Taylor Swift. I want to fill stadiums and be a celebrity and it will be important. And well, right. that's not a passion. That's, that's just ego. the ego saying, I want someone to, I want to be seen. I want the validation. Yeah. 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 What about creativity? Where does that come into it? Yeah. It's actually an aspect of, um, you know, because there's, there's two uh, principal energies that I describe in my book. It's masculine feminine energies. They are only complete when they're actually uh, unified, which is what the uh, yin-yang symbol is all about and other kind of symbology that we have in the world. So creativity is a, is a part of feminine energy. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, three, the three cornerstones, I, I described masculine energy, right? Consciousness is awareness, intelligence, and energy. But I, when I say masculine, I'm not saying male. I'm saying masculine energy. Every woman has right. masculine energy in her. Mm-hmm. because we're all a mix of both of them. right now feminine energy has also three components and it's being creativity and reference now what does the feminine energy represent in this world and in religious context christianity it's actually the feminist the holy spirit is that which creates it is the the feminine energy is the creatrix of life and guess what women have children Mm-hmm. They're in the womb, they bear children. Now, everything of a feminine nature in the world creates. So when we're talking about creating anything, a business requires creativity. How else are you going to build a business and a product and like have an idea and a vision? When you build a house, when you build a relationship, there's creativity. When you go cook yourself a meal, that's creativity. You're making something from ingredients into a pie or a lunch or whatever. 
That's creativity, mm-hmm. right? Everything yeah. we do expressing into the world is of a feminine nature in terms of its creativity, right? Because the feminine is that within this universe that creates. So you can almost say like the consciousness is the idea, the imagination, the, um, you know, sort of the, uh, the idea and the creating the feminine energy, you know, a sperm cell comes in, right? And then it mm-hmm. fertilizes an egg, which is the feminine aspect. And it's that feminine aspect that takes the sperm cell in, right? And actually fertilizes it and then blossoms it into a human being. That then evolves on itself. Everything in nature operates this way. Everything in the universe operates this way. And so creativity is an aspect that we each have, and we're all creative all the time. When you drive your car and there's a traffic jam in the neighborhood, and you say, Oh, I can take a right here and a left there, and then and then I'll get there too. That Mm -hmm. that was just your creativity at work because you found a creative solution to an obstacle you encountered in life. So actually, in every aspect of your life, you're using your creativity all the time, even though you might think, oh, I'm not Picasso. I don't know how to paint. I don't know how to sing, so I'm not creative. You are creative. You you couldn't help but be creative. You couldn't help. Mm -hmm. Because you're solving problems problem solving. Problem solving and creativity are basically the same thing. Well, they're, they're very much aligned because it's it's like all day long, we're creating solutions for ourselves. We're creating, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we are faced with whatever we're faced in life. Like someone calls us, your mom calls you and, and she, you know, she has a plumbing problem. Well, it's your creative aspect in your mind that things, okay, maybe I can fix it. Well, I don't think I can fix it. I need a plumber. That was just creativity at work. You just found a solution and another expression for something, right? So all of all of creation is creativity at work, and everything is all of creation. Everything in the world of form, the material world, is creativity expressed into form. And how does that work in your book? Hmm. Well, I, I, it's five parts, and so I kind of lay a foundation. I, I literally call that the foundation. Then the second mm-hmm. part, I go very deep into this uh, concept of masculine and um, um, and feminine, feminine, and I call that the yeah. architecture. That's the basic architecture of this world, and I explain these dynamics that I just touched on very lightly. And then I have something that's called the gifts. That's number three, uh, because when you project this on uh, the tetrahedron, which is the Merkaba star, then you create a circle around it, and you have these other areas. And so the feminine actually has gifts for the masculine and the masculine has gifts for the feminine. And these are all very common gifts. I mean, we're talking about wisdom, integrity, gratitude, joy, peace, and beauty. And I, I, I explain in this teaching framework, how those come together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to give you an example, um, you know, let's, um, so, okay. So, so give you an example. So I mentioned, right. In the feminine, you have being, and you have creativity. Now, if you if you amalgamate those two, right? So being and joy or creativity creates joy. Because if I'm being in creativity, it creates joy in my life. Right? 
And so mm-hmm. when I combine intelligence with awareness, I get wisdom. Wisdom is not the same as knowledge. I can know a lot and do really dumb stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so intelligence and awareness creates wisdom. Um, and so I combine all these and I show like what it actually creates. And then there's another layer around it. And these are actually the, the principles. And these are the principles of the universe. And so there's six of those. And the first principle is oneness. The second is compassion, growth, health, abundance, and harmony. And so I got very deep into what all these actually really mean and how we can express those into life. Now, when we start doing all of these things and all these different layers that I walk people through, you get to the fifth part of the book, and that is living a life of a spiritual poet. Now we're starting to start seeing our life as, you know, I'm just here to make art with my expression of life. How beautiful can I make my expression of life? And that includes everything. How beautiful can I make my relationships? How beautiful can I make my surroundings? How beautiful can I live in abundance? How beautiful in every aspect? Because we're not here necessarily. You don't need to be poor to be spiritual. That's a complete bullshit story. You can create your most beautiful life. As long as you're not causing any undue harm to anybody else or all of creation, you will have free license to create whatever life you want. Whatever life you desire, you can have. But the game is not to get as many marbles in the outer world. The game is to perfect your art. Mm -hmm. To make your expression into life just ever more refined, more beautiful, more loving. To be more in truth with yourself and the world. And this is what it is to say, hey, I'm going to dedicate myself to be a spiritual poet, and I'm going to express that in everything I do. I'm going to express it in my friendships. I'm going to express it how I talk to the cashier at the grocery market. I'm going to express it in my marriage or my significant other. I'm going to express it with my family. I'm going to express it in my work, whatever that might look like. I'm going to express this best part of me. I'm going to keep refining it and make it as beautiful as I can. And I want to express it in every aspect of my life. Now, one thing will happen. There are some people that are going to resonate out of your life. They can't deal with your luminescence. Because you are going to beam out. A match of vibration or. Yeah, because they want to just be unhappy and grumpy and and complain about everybody. Uh And you're not going to be about that anymore. You're like, you know, I'm here to create my most beautiful life. And if you want to do that with me, I'd love for you to be my friend or my partner or whatever. But if you're just going to bring your negativity into my little bubble that I'm creating for my life and where I want to go, then it's just not going to resonate anymore. So people fall out. People fall out of your life. Yeah. yeah. And and, and guess what happens? There's an intelligence to life that too. Because... Those people that no longer resonate, we can also let them go with love and say, hey, you know, we walked a part of our lives together. And then now, you know, I still send you love, but you could do your thing. I could do my thing. And that makes room for people to come in that actually resonate with where you are now. And these are people that are going to have similar interests. They're going to inspire you. They're going to motivate you. They're going to help you because they are not in competition with you. They're not, you know, they, they want to you know, help you because they're at that same resonance. They're and more of a evolve, match. 
Yeah, and 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 we tend to kind of, you know, desperately hang on to to people that maybe we should create a little distance with. Mm -hmm. Like I had this one client, and you know, she was really in a beautiful place in her life, and and her mother was a very bitter woman, and yeah. actually kind of jealous of her daughter. And and this client told me, she said, like, you know, I'm in such a beautiful place and and you know but when i go visit my mom i mean i'm like i'm like off for three days hmm. i'm just like upset i'm just like i mean she just piles on and she talks to you know she layers so much into me and i'm like you know i shouldn't feel guilty for having a beautiful life i created it myself i came from really far and uh, you know and she just for some reason it's like she just doesn't want me to have it and i told mm -hmm. her i said you know i know it's your mother but you're not 15 anymore. And you can even with your mother decide, like, I'm going to send her love. I'm going to be kind. But I'm not necessarily going to look you up and allow you to torpedo my life. And then I'm I, for three days, I got to dig myself out of a hole to get my vibe back up. I said, you, you, you're not responsible for that. You can take your distance and send her love. Wish her well. If she calls you, you answer the phone. You're always polite. You're always loving. Still send her flowers for her birthday. But if it's detrimental to you and your journey to go to this obligatory visit every two weeks, and then it just knocks you off kilter, you don't have mm -hmm. to do that. Because your mom's bitterness is her responsibility, not yours. You don't need to fix your mom. That's her life. And maybe there's all sorts of things that happened to her that, you know, would explain her bitterness, but it's still her responsibility because she has a choice in that. If she could see, she have a choice because we have a choice what we think. We have a choice what we feel. We have a choice what we make of our life. We've gone way over your original yeah, timeline. You know what? You know what, though? Your book, you said your book was channeled and you wanted to bring it out to help humanity awaken to a full uh, potential. Yeah. Who did you channel or was it a who? <laughs> well, it was a cluster consciousness. And if uh, for the for the spiritual curious, you can look at the acknowledgments, you can decipher it. And this is why I don't really lead with that. Because mm -hmm. I have a very, um, when you do that, I don't want anybody to feel or think that I'm special, that I have anything that someone else doesn't have, that I'm some kind of spiritual pay grade that you are not. Because I am, I, there's nothing that I can do that you couldn't do because you have the same hard wiring I do. And if you were able and you you had walked that path like I did, you would be able to open your channel and 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 communicate with that same cluster of consciousness I did, which is a cluster of intelligence. So it's not that relevant for the story, and I don't want to make it about that, because my book is about empowering you, not to look, put me on a pedestal. Like, look how great I am. I channeled, you know, I'm so important, you know, I'm more important than you because you know, they picked me. No, this isn't, a, this isn't about Robert. I was the goddamn typist. Now, <laughs> I was given this book through me to also be the ambassador, to represent this book. And that's a great honor. And I, that's the way I see it because I'm passionate about it. 
love talking about this stuff. Hopefully you can tell. But this isn't about Robert being special. Idolize the teachings, not the teacher. And so mm-hmm. I that's why I don't really go to what I channel and all that stuff, because it kind of creates this, this guru-like storyline, like, you know, he's something really special because he channels something and all that. No, you can channel too. Your channel's open. You can do the same thing I do. There's nothing I've done in my life that you can't do. Nothing. There's nothing special about me. What do you know you're channeling uh, a pure spirit? When I say pure, hmm. I mean somebody well, or a well, spirit you know, of you, good you, intention, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, that's a really deep subject. But uh, listen, everything is energy. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. when you get a little bit um, m- more advanced, so to speak, in levels of consciousness, you're starting to be really sensitive. And so I immediately know, I feel I feel it when it's off. I feel when it's, and, and so, and I haven't really had that exposure to any, uh, you know, anything I channel that wouldn't be savory. I'm a certified medium too. So I'm trained in this, right? Because I had this talent that opened up, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I actually Go went ahead. to a university and actually got a certification in it because I wanted to understand it. Better. And, and, mm-hmm. and like, what is it really that's coming through me? How does this work? And, you know, turns out, this has been happening since the beginning of humanity. I mean, there's right. there's seers and channelers and way showers that go hundreds of thousands of years back, right? Mm-hmm. And all indigenous cultures, either through plant medicine or they had shaman or medicine men, they all tapped into this, um, you know, unmanifested consciousness, right? right. And there's intelligence there. Um, and so... You know, when you when I experience it, and everybody channels a little bit different too, because for instance, Paul Selig was a fantastic channeler, but he goes into trance. He goes offline. That's mm-hmm. one form of channeling. I actually don't go offline at all, but I do go into what's called gamma brainwaves, which are the highest, most coherent brainwaves. And it's literally, it comes in, the best way I can describe it, it comes in as energy. And somehow my brain, my mind, my whatever translates that into words. Now, the moment I start thinking, it interrupts. So the moment I start thinking, the moment I better, you come into it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moment yeah. I like, no, I, you know, we, I want to write this or I want to add this paragraph, whatever. Mm-hmm. The channel closes, right? And so, how do you open it? As, as a certified medium, I mean, uh, one of the things they train you in is like, okay, how do you open up this channel? How do you keep it clean? How do you know, um, you know, the vibratory cord? Now, here's the thing that you should imagine. I talked about tuning forks, right? All right. I told you the tuning forks. And so tuning forks mm-hmm. have certain frequencies, right? So if I have right. two different tuning forks and I activate one, it will not excite the other one because they're not of the same resonance. Okay, yeah. And so, right? So imagine that. So as I rose in consciousness, right, my tuning fork became sensitive to a tuning fork in the universe that can now talk to me and pass that intelligence through me. Thank you, Robert, for being on the show. Where can everyone get hold of you and your new book, Love and Truth? appreciate that so i have a website that's uh robertalthaus.com a-l-t-h-u-i-s.com 
you can find me on Instagram, Robert Altos, uh, TikTok, Robert Altos. On Facebook, it's more love plus truth. And then my mm-hmm. book that's coming out is Love Plus Truth. It will be available on Amazon and all major booksellers on this Tuesday. It's a 650-page. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, well, I don't know if you can see it. It's a beautiful, yeah. thick book. That's what I said. And, Whoever your channel was was chatty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 650, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a channel work, but it goes very deep into really how we can express ourselves as spiritual art. And I explain everything, and I compare it with quantum physics, and I show sacred geometry and how all these things come together. So it's not just a bunch of woo-woo stuff. It's actually for but the it's one very that, readable too. It's you know it's very re- that's what I hear. I, I don't I want pretty, anybody to get intimidated. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I like to keep it real because I'm still a business mm-hmm. guy too, you know, and I believe in spirituality right. that's rooted in actually living it daily, right? Because you can meditate and, and have a macrobiotic uh, diet and you can do breath work and all that stuff. And if you're still an asshole to the cashier at the supermarket, you haven't learned right. a damn thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't learned one single thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm really big on bringing spirituality, which is can be fluffy. And like, and this is what this book is about. Like, how do I bring it actually into my life? Like where the rubber meets the road and how do I do that? And how do I make in that way, my life more beautiful. And by doing that, how do I make the world more beautiful? Thank you, Robert, for being on the show. I want our audience to know that Robert and I are going to continue our conversation and we're going to bring it over to my YouTube channel of Youth of the Veil, where we continue with Robert Altenhaus on his new book, Love and Truth. I hope you join us there. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics of View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.